Hey everybody, welcome back to Meta Perspective. And today we have a very awesome guest. Uh, his name is Frank Yang. Uh, he has a, um, a YouTube channel that's really big. He's got a crazy Instagram. And if you're familiar with awakening and consciousness, you may have come across his work. He's otherwise known as the Infinite Bra. Uh, so welcome <laughs> on, Frank. <laughs> Sometimes I go by Eternal Bra. Eternal Bra. Okay, so Depends. Eternal... So or, just, or, just, or the or the absolute normie. Absolutely. <laughs> so for people for people listening uh, and watching this, right? Um, what what is the infinite bra? Uh, infinite bra is just a men are made up. Um, basically, yeah. you know how like in a fitness community they call each other bras. Yeah. They're like, hey, is this, you know, this like, hey, is this bra? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, bra, you wear bra? Yeah. yeah. So I, I came from that community or that industry. It's like industry now. I'm really officially in it right now because like I kind of I don't really make fitness content anymore. But I spent about like five years like in the midst of the fitness like community. Actually, when I first started making YouTube videos, uh, I was doing like fitness already. And I think I was one of the only people that was uploading fitness videos onto YouTube. That was before the whole thing got like big, you know, not my channel, but the whole fitness thing. And I think my, I made a video, my most viewed video is me eating 10,000 calories or 8,000 calories in a day to show people <laughs> that that's how I balk. And then that was just one of the first videos on, on online that was like, you know, documenting people doing that, but now it's everywhere. So yeah, yeah anyway, um, but now I'm doing that with like the awakening uh, spirituality community. Uh, yeah. Documenting the journey and recording your own like awakening experiences and breakthroughs in real time. So hopefully in the future, um, more people will start doing that. You know, I bring my GoPro to the retreat and I just capture, like, I, during my Kanuni awakening, I captured it. Um, doing what I call the Big Bang, I captured it. Like, you probably do the same. If you have, like, imagine if you see a UFO, you just kind of capture it, like, in real time. That's kind of yeah. like what I'm doing with, like, fitness and, like, what I call yeah. contemplative fitness. <laughs> anyway, so long story short, um, the bra thing came from the fitness thing and the infinite thing. Well, I mean, um, I just started to say infinite a lot once I, when I, once I realized infinity as my natural, as our natural state, um, because, you know, consciousness, awareness, what do you want to call it? Uh, it's as a matter of direct experience, it's infinite, right? So I just kind of merged these two together and just sounds kind yeah. of, I don't know. I, I think, I don't know if, maybe I didn't even make it up. Maybe someone else called me that. A lot of yeah. like my clinical like nicknames online even since like high school people just uh, people made it up for me yeah <laughs> and i just kind of went with it i don't know but it's all the same yeah. right? <laughs> well i i really appreciate you taking your time coming on man you're a really cool dude um but you know i actually i actually don't know your whole journey i think i've heard parts of it but what um you know here on this talk we're going to be talking about you know everything from meditation awakening uh, consciousness and, and wherever it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what got you started on, on your spiritual or, or awakening journey? Um, fitness, man. Just lifting yeah. weights. Like when I was a kid, I just wanted to be like really fast because my favorite animal was the cheetah. So I just wanted to be fast for no reason other than just wanted to be fast. <laughs> I, was, I was obsessed with yeah. like speed and explosiveness. And I realized Oh, wait a second. If I wanted to be faster, I need to lift weights, not just like run around like the track. So I t- started to lift weights because I was studying all the sprinters. I had like a lot of muscles and then I started to get big and strong. Um, yeah. That's how I started with the fitness journey. And then 
I realized I wait a second. If I wanted to be like the complete package, I need to work on my brain. So I started to read philosophy and I started to get into like psychology and the mind, especially like, you know, consciousness. You know, so I started with the body and then the brain and then the mind, eventually consciousness. And I was like reading a lot of like phenomenology, philosophies, like, you know, Herschel and Sartre and Heidegger and like Wittgenstein, people like that. And I was like, wait a second, something's missing here. If I want to study consciousness, I can't just read about it. Just like yeah. lifting weights. You can't just be reading about bodybuilding magazines and like, you know, the science of strength training. You have to lift the weights. Yeah. So I started to be like, okay, so what do I need to do to experience, like, I guess the first person subjective experience of these outer state of consciousness. So I started to do it in, um, I started to experiment with psychedelics for like a couple of years. I wasn't doing it like every day. I wasn't like, you know, a psycho now or anything. I, was, uh, I probably had like, you know, five trip in a year or something like that like lsd trip mushroom trips yeah yeah and then one day my friend uh was like okay you've been doing all this like lsd let's try some dmt so he gave me uh an ndmt so like you know yeah. like aliens and i saw i saw a lot of entities and beings that were like the hybrid of machines and animals and like um buddhas uh, Eastern like beans. That was one of the things that popped in my popped in my head. Was like, wait, all these beans they they remind me like the feelings of it and the looks of it reminds me of like Eastern philosophy, Eastern thoughts more more so than the Western stuff that I was reading. Um, or you know the the um, the aliens were were more like Eastern. Maybe that's just my projection. I don't know. But yeah, ever since yeah. that trip, I started to get into like you know Eastern stuff more uh, meditation. Uh, I started reading. I think one of the first books that I read uh, was Sam Harris's uh, "Waking Up." Also, oh the, wow, yeah. The power yeah. of now was the the power of now and Sam Harris "Waking Up" were the two uh, meditation and spirituality books that sort of got me kind of hooked on. Like, okay, now that I did psychedelics, how do I lock this in as my direct moment-to-moment experience instead of just like a peak experience of like yeah. you know, psychedelic high? So that's when I started getting into meditation and I started to meditate. I started out with like TM and I did like uh, basic mindfulness through like Sam Harris's instruction on YouTube. There was like one video online where Sam Harris just gave like a 30 minute guided meditation. Now he has a whole app, but before it was yeah. just like a 30 minute um, Sam Harris guided meditation. It was a little different than like TM was mindfulness, a little bit different than TM. Um, but after that, I was just like, okay, this is something else to explore. So I started to get into like, mindfulness and be passionate like insights and then i went to a retreat my first retreat was when i uh, crossed the arising and passing away phase which if um, people don't understand or don't have knowledge about the the maps of insight which you do so i'm going to talk to you as if you know it <laughs> the arising and passing away is basically like the one event in your spiritual journey where you, ha- you experience something so profound that you can't go back like you're on the you're on the path but it's still like pre-stream entry it's still like pre like first level of awakening but um, my first retreat was when I accessed states of consciousness so crazy. I was like, you can do this with mind, like without any psychedelics, just naturally. That's insane. There's really something to meditation. So after that retreat, I started practicing. Before I was practicing like maybe like half an hour a day. And after the retreat, after the rising and passing away event, I was practicing like two or three hours a day after the retreat. Yeah. 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 And then uh, two years later, I was doing that for like the next two years. That was in 2016. For the next two years, I was practicing like two or three hours a day. And then I went to my second retreat in 2019. And these are, I, oh, sorry. 
Uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to, just for the for the sake of people listening to this conversation, you went to the Goenka retreats. Yes, the body scanning Goenka. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so the Goenka Vipassana meditation retreats. Yes. And yes. what was that like for you? Uh, dude, it was just mind-blowing. Every single day, I just had so many different insights. And all the stuff that I was doing before, all the stuff that I read, uh, was just like congealing like crazy. Every day, I was just having a lot of mind-blowing experiences, uh, outer state of consciousness, a lot of insights into the nature of consciousness, insight into like myself as a character. So definitely, I think that was probably the most important event in my life, like going to that first retreat. Yeah. One of the first, I'll say the three events are the most like crazy in my life. One is that retreat, first retreat. One is the second retreat with a history mentry. And the third one was what I call my final awakening, where uh, I dropped every single speck of solidity within my body, mind, and everything yeah. flipped over. Um, yeah. Hasn't been a sense. And that's when I started to refer to myself as infinite bra. <laughs> infinite bra. <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're actually we're gonna circle back journey. around. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna end up circling back around to that because I do want to talk more about that. But again, just for for people listening, uh, what is what is stream entry? Stream entry is a technical term from the Theravada tradition. Um, it's basically when you hit your first cessation or fruition. Uh, cessation is basically uh, the quote-unquote highest attainment in meditation. It comes after the eighth jhana. Um, if I may use the analogy of a video game, it's, most, it's almost like, you know, when you meditate, you go through these different levels of consciousness, different levels of the mind. What's happening is that you're actually just peeling away instead of like gaining. One way to look at it is like, oh yeah, you're gaining. But I think a more accurate description is the whole process of going from like the first jhana to the eighth jhana, um, going from like the lowest level of uh, consciousness uh, for meditation to the highest. It's more like just peeling away the layers and layers and layers of your conditionings and your traumas and what I call the solidity within your body mind. Um, or I guess you could say, um, it's kind of like Michelangelo tripping away the marble, right? And yeah, of, yeah. yeah, to reveal the aesthetic boy underneath <laughs> yeah and, and some in some yoga traditions they consider on their path of enlightenment what you're doing is you're removing the obstacles exactly. because it's already there it's already there. You're removing the obstructions in the way that right. that are helping you realize it directly right just peeling the layers off of the self put it yeah. in really terms yeah so, so yeah the body, that's, so that's yeah. the 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 goanka uses they use the body scan right Yes. Um, so just, just in like two minutes, can you, or, or less, what, can you explain how that works for people? Like how does the body, the Goenka body scan technique work? Uh, body scanning, basically you're trying to be mindful and try to bring attention to every single square root inch of your entire body from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. So you try not to miss a single part. So you go around your head, your shoulders, your chest and your stomach and your, your butt, your legs, your arms, right? You try to pick up every microscopic sensations that's going on within your body. And the thing is though, your body is already just vibrating with sensations all the time anyways. You, know, you, you don't have a body from a metal direct experience. What you have is it's just a cloud, a field of energy, a cloud of sensations. And, but before you started to like get really good at body scanning or before you peed off the layers, um, you, you experience the body as solidified, right? So during this process, um, you kind of transform like alchemy from solidity to like something like liquid, 
to like clouds of sensations like smoke and then finally to air like emptiness but emptiness yeah. is also form so you kind of go back full circle and then you're talking about um revealing what's already the case emptiness is our i guess you can call it true nature yeah so through the body scanning technique it's actually i think body scanning is actually one of the most effective techniques out there because all your solidities and your traumas and all your subconscious stuff uh is stored in the body even though yeah. it's like it's in the mind as well, but the body mind is the same structure, right? You know, the brain, yeah. and everything, the body, it's all one structure. Um, so by peeling the, away the body, you're also at the same time peeling away the mind and vice versa, right? Yeah. Well, and, and for people watching and listening to this, um, you know, if you go on, on Frank's channel, uh, he did a, a really awesome like half hour video on the, on the body scan, just like in the last few weeks. I thought that video was excellent. Thank um, you. I, I thought you did a really good job explaining how you do it and how it works. And so I, I really appreciate that. Um, I just, and just, I mean, if you type in Frank Yang on, on YouTube, you're going to find it, but is that the name of your channel? Yeah. Yeah. You just can type in Frank Yang and then yeah, it's going to come right up. Um, yeah. So have you ever tried the, um, like the Mahasi style or go yes. like a Mahasi retreat or just. Yes. Um, I've never just... been to a Mahasi retreat, but after okay, the second okay. retreat, uh, just naturally I started progressing into scanning other sensors because the body is only one sensor. I mean, you could potentially take this meditation path all the way um, to stream entry or beyond just by doing body scanning. But uh, at least from my, on my path, um, up to a certain point, I realized, wait a second, the body is just one sensor from the relative level. Um, you can also be passionate or be mindful of or scan or pay attention to or deconstruct or dissolve other sense doors because solidity is not just in the body. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I say it was in the body. Most of it is in the body, but like, you know, even like perception, like lenses of perception, what I call it, like your, the, the, the sense that there's a hearer in the head, that there's a seer inside, like behind your eyes, there's a thinker in the middle of your brain. That's also uh, stuff that you can uh, dissolve. That's also solidities due to conditionings that were congealed somewhere in your body mind that you could kind of take a look at. Be like, wait a second, is there really a seer in here? Or is that just like my imagination or the, the process of conditionings? Uh, solidities, taking credit for like infinity, that's just already aware of itself, like reality that's just aware of itself. So all that process, it's really the same, right? You're going through uh, the body, but then you go into different sense doors and realize, oh, different sense doors, uh, the fact that it's a seer, a hearer, a thinker, a doer, that's just more solidity more quote unquote physical solidity right so it's just an extension of body scanning you could say instead of just focusing on my body i was focusing on other like aggregates and i actually found daniel ingram after my second retreat um and that's when i started to do the mahasi noting yeah yeah but and, we have to, I have to remind your audience that again they're the same thing because usually people get like really like I don't want to say confused, but like they have like different camps of it. Like, okay, here's the body scanning and it works better. And then here's my Hasi noting. It's different, blah, 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 blah. But like I said earlier, it's all the same. It's just about dissolving solidity. That's it. Yeah. And once, yeah, no. once you dissolve our solidity, it's this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's infinite. <laughs> yeah. Cause I see, yeah, I always, you know, uh, it, it always seems to be like, uh, you know, either Goenka or Mahasi. Yeah. Yeah, you know, or like the mindfulness or like TM, like yoga. This, 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 all practices lead to the same place. Yeah. Well, I, you know, that's one thing I really appreciate about, uh, you know, we, were, we mentioned Daniel Ingram because he's like, 
he he you know he incorporates a lot of it he like what he says about perennialism you know um a lot of these you know you could have those insight stages uh, without having technically right yeah having formally practiced Theravadan Buddhist you okay. know Buddhist meditation or you know the insight stages can can kind of roll on um you know through your regular life or through other meditations yes. right yes you know? like one of my clients that I talked to yesterday uh he said he had a cessation by doing self-inquiry and you said yourself earlier that you had some kind of cessation event through a near-death experience and if you yeah. think about what a cessation is it's basically unconsciousness it's basically the you know the loss of consciousness like the video game character after going through all the levels eventually he's ejaculated out of the screen altogether and his entire reality entire universe gets rebooted and then he goes back into the game again right yeah so that's a new death experience and then yeah going, going to sleep a dreamless sleep is the same as cessation the difference is like the insight that you get the way that your mind is rewired when you train yourself oh. when you train yourself to go through different levels and eventually ejaculate yourself out of the screen that does something to the brain that say just falling into a dream of sleep doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh. And there's that, uh, again, I'm going to, I'm referring to one of your videos here. Cause again, I thought it was a really awesome video. Um, you talk about uh, like intellectual understanding experience and then realization. Yes. So you want to explain that to people, what that means? Uh, yes. Um, Usually when one goes through the path of insight, they started out with uh, intellectual understanding, just like stuff you read, right? It's like, okay, I'm reading about awakening. I'm reading about different stages of consciousness or what I used to do before when I was into like philosophy and psychology, that's kind of like intellectual understanding. You're just kind of theorizing about stuff, mentally masturbating, thinking about awakening, thinking about enlightenment, thinking about meditation or thinking about the, you know, the mind through like philosophy. And then you have an experience of that, it's like, okay, I read about Kensho, now I have an experience of it through like meditation or maybe a psychedelic trip, whatever, right? Uh, that was my journey, right? I was you know, doing philosophy and I started doing psychedelics and I started to meditate. And then meditation will bring that experience into a realization. What I call realization is you permanently lock in the experience into a permanent shift. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, sometimes people think... have an experience, a glimpse of infinity, right? But they don't have the concentration power to kind of hold it or that their mind isn't strong enough to like make that into their direct moment to moment experience and they have to like train harder to um, hold it. But at the same time, it's not really you holding it. It's just having the concentration power to peel off more layers of the conditionings. Right? Yeah. 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 I, and I just got a, I got a random question um, because you mentioned the psychedelics before. Did you ever do the five MEO? Yes. I did that um, after I did that after my first retreat, like a couple of years after his first retreat. And um, yeah, the first, the second time I did it, I had a breakthrough. Like, I think the first time I had a breakthrough too, but the second time was like a, a real breakthrough in terms of like, I really perceived form and emptiness as an identical. It's, it's almost like my experience right now. It's just like this vast uh, infinite space where form and emptiness are totally identical. And where it's just like, it's really hard to describe. Um, yeah, non dual non dual awareness, boom, like that. So yeah, you basically yeah. get the non dual awareness <laughs> with like one smoke, like what you yeah. take a couple, couple of tokes and then you get non dual awareness. Do you think uh, you think five meo is is uh, lives up to the hype? Uh, I, I would say so. Yes, I, I okay. think so. I think so. The first, the, the, the I remember when I had a breakthrough. That was 
pretty that I was like blown away, right? I was blown away. But then I was even more blown away when I when I sort of locked that in as my direct experience. I mean, now I don't have any like crazy visuals because like crazy visuals, like trippy visuals and colors, all that's just a byproduct of the dissolution of the dreamy mind, of the dissolution of conditions. Once you dissolve everything, there's not gonna be much visuals um, in your direct experience, but the but the non-awareness, that the, the context, if you look at the visuals and the trippy stuff is like the content. What's really important is access in the context, sort of like access in the screen instead of like getting caught up in the experiences and the trip visuals and what's on the screen. But at the same time, context and content are one, right? But then if the content is empty, the context also is empty. So in a really technical sense, I don't even think there's awareness right now, <laughs> yeah. right? Because like, you know, people talk about like being aware of awareness or like, oh, everything's consciousness. Um, that to me is just like kind of like a, midway stage to like a like a full-blown realization because at the end you realize that the bubble of awareness the bubble of consciousness is also something to, to let go of um yeah because yeah, yeah without this without the subject the separate subject in the center there there isn't going to be this bubble of awareness right so in a sense like talking about like shrinking the character shrinking conditioning Peeling away the conditioning. When you peel away the conditioning, the bubble of awareness will start to expand. Like stream entry was like, I remember my after my stream entry, I, I was like, okay, my uh, my perception is now like kind of panoramic. It's kind of like 360, but there's a bubble, and the bubble is like kind of limited. It, it distorts the, the objects in the room, so, so to speak. And as I go deeper and deeper down the path, that bubble will start to expand even more, expand even more. When I was like on my third path. The bubble was almost infinite. It was like almost like the fifth jhana. Like my day to day experience was almost like the fifth jhana. I was like, you know, just like infinite bubble. But there was still something there. I was still perceiving like a substrate, like a fundamental yeah. subject of reality. And yeah. then after the fourth path, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, that popped. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, yeah, I could yeah. say this is awareness, but I wouldn't even use the term awareness to describe this right now. Like, yeah. you know, even infinity is like, even enlightenment, all those different terms. There's so much like spiritual like connotations to it. I kind of prefer the word like I call it the full natty state, like the natural state. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. I was gonna ask you about that. That's also came from like the bodybuilding community because like you know in bodybuilding they always like arguing over oh is this bodybuilder natty like is he natural, and yeah. like, I use the natty state to kind of separate this from a psychedelic experience because obviously this is natural and also to remind people that this is your most natural state it's not something that's like mystical it's not something that's like you know trippy it is what it is and it's a, it's the it's the unaltered state of consciousness if you want to put it like that versus the altered state of consciousness of like you know all the crazy experiences mystical experiences you went undergo through um the process of awakening or different psychedelic trips even the egoic state is an altered state of consciousness yeah those are conditions Right. They're just all, they're all just conditioned. Even like, you know, craziest mystical states, the craziest God states, they're still just the byproduct of the, re, uh, the unfoldment or the dissolution of conditions. After yeah. all that's dissolved, it's an unaltered state of consciousness. And by this point, I wouldn't even call it consciousness. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. This is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in, 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 in one of your videos, you said something really cool. It was like, you know, you even need it's you kind of have to experience that um connected to all everything just to be able to transcend it yeah yeah that's one of the stages like the uh, I, I go through like five i have like my own like 
I've made my own, like, I guess, like stage of awakening. I try to make it as simple as possible for people. First stage, you have the ego, right? And the second stage, you have the awareness. You know, people talking about like, oh, you're this loving awareness, but eventually you just identify from even awareness as the bubble kind of expand even more. And now the awareness is so big. Let's call it God. <laughs> let's call yeah. it like, you know, creator, infinity, everything, right? And then what comes after that is nothingness. Basically, you expand and then you contract to nothingness. And the fourth stage is the, the nothingness phase, the, the non-being, uh, I guess you could call it the nirvana phase, uh, emptiness. Uh, basically, all the Buddhism stuff is kind of like on the on the fourth level. And the third level is more like, you know, Christ consciousness kind of stuff, like all, all the love and all the divine stuff, uh, the Brahmins and like even like all the Buddha mind. And then there's a fifth stage that I wouldn't even call it a stage when I just call it the natural state where you kind of disidentify and I guess transcend all those different stages and then yeah. you reach the natural state where um, in a sense you can still access all those different stages because at the natural state they're all the same it's like video game you can you can kind of shift back and forth between like a first person shooter or like you know uh, perceiving the avatar is like in front of the screen I don't know how do you call that uh, third person yeah. third person or you can have like bird eye view right um, yeah. And by the time you reach a natural state, it becomes totally irrelevant uh, what stage you experience. It's almost like it's just happening by itself. You know, the, the, the different reconfigurations of sensations that's just happening by itself through the causes and conditions of the universe. You know, sometimes if you, you know this, sometimes you that, but the sort of like the, there is a sense of like equanimity throughout all these different like, you know, um, shifts that, that happens. Because like, you, you can't just be like, I mean, it's kind of like the weather. I would say like, you know, Kenneth Folk calls enlightenment kind of like the weather, except like before it was kind of like a weather too, but before it was more like you're experiencing different emotions from day to day as a separate character. But after awakening, when you kind of, you become like not the character anymore, but this thing, it's kind of like, you know, there, there's, there's still like different unfoldments going on because, you know, reality is infinite, right? Like the potentiality of this, this thing is infinite, right? So it's almost like experience... <clears throat> Uh, instead of your your like day to day mood, it's like God's day to day mood. <clears throat> yeah, you must experience it like weather. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. I, and but, but the sense, thing is, right? that the sky. But 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 your your true. I guess you could your, your true nature becomes the sky. It doesn't really matter the weather you're in, right? The sky doesn't care if it's like raining or if it's sunny or it's like uh, cloudy. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Now. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the paths, you mentioned stream entry. Um, could you briefly describe like what it was for you to be on like stream entry, second path, third path, and then fourth path? Uh, stream entry, uh, my first cessation after that, uh, like I said earlier, like the, the bubble of awareness just got unhooked from my head. Before it was like all here, right? Before it was like in the head, the, the awareness, right? But then after stream entry, the thing just flipped over. But when it flipped over, it's like, there was still like, it was still limited, right? Um, and then second path, I think this, what um, what got me over to the second path and third path territory was a full-blown Kundalini awakening where all my chakras just opened up from the bottom of my spine, you know, to the third eye, very classical Kundalini awakening. Yeah, um, and you, but, you, gain, you gain those paths just through, um, through going to retreats and 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 like diligent practice yes that... okay yes, yes yes i would say retreats are the the two retreats that i went to were probably uh 
did the most damage, but I also practiced like two to four, two or two or three hours a day on average for like the last five years. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of practice. Um, yeah. So after my currently, so again, the currently awakening people tend to perceive it as something that's very mystical thing. Right. But it's just a release of blockages in the body. Right. So what, mm -hmm. what are chakras? Chakras is just, you know, okay. You have, you have blockages here and here and here and here and here, all the way here. Right. Once you start to clean, cleanse out your, your blockages and conditioning, of course it goes, it started from the bottom, right? Because like before it was like everything is solid. So like you start from the bottom, but the, once, once the blockages start to get very thin, very subtle, of course, say then it's like kind of like more like in here rather than like throughout your whole body. Right. That's why the chakras are kind of getting older, you know? So like yeah. once y'all exploded, uh, a large, really big part of my conditioning has been dissolved by the time I had a kind of linear explosion, full kind of explosion. And after that, I was officially like on like third path. And yeah. that was when I started to experience kind of like, I guess you could call it the fifth jhana of infinite space as my default state of consciousness. Um, and then from that place, I, then I started to meditate from that place. I started to incorporate a lot of uh, techniques like do nothing meditation, like Zou Cheng, where you just like the headless way, you just kind of like abiding in the infinite space. That That's kind of like where you're meditating from. And I was still doing like body scanning and Vipassana from that space. Now, before it was kind of like doing it through the space of like, you know, this. But then after the, uh, when I was in third path, when my walking around experience has been like really different now, I, I couldn't help it, but just to meditate from that space. And yeah. doing Vipassana from that space. And then doing the Vipassana from that space really gave me a new perspective in terms of like finding out and tracking the rest of the solidity. Because from like third path to fourth path, there was there's still solidity definitely that's why you're not done yet and the last bits of solidity is really hard to track you know it's like it's you kind of feel like you're done because like this is fucking crazy right like you know fifth jhana all the time in, in a sense like but then you're not complete they just know you're not done yet so because there's still some sort of solidity somewhere in the body mind so from that infinite space area it's kind of giving you a, like a bird eye view of how to like dissolve the rest of the solidity which then um when the last spec dropped, uh, it was quantum, the shift was quantum. The shift from like third path to fourth path, uh, what I call from 99% to like 100% uh, is quantum. Like instead of like the, the you know, back uh, after mentioned, I talked about how the thing flips over. This is like the, 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 the thing flips over and it flips over again. Now it's yeah. like, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to describe. Yeah, it's really hard to describe. But the, when the last spec dropped and it was just like, I remember the feeling of it is just be like, this is it because there's nowhere to go. It's almost like the the symbol or like the uh, the infinity loop symbol, like you know the old the old borrow. Yes, exactly. Like kind of like the snake just biting its own tail. What yeah, I call yeah, universe yeah. like eating itself or like infinity like strange looping onto itself. The universe fucking itself. I have different ways to describe it. Yeah. But then when you get to that point because the, all the solidity gone, right? There's nothing but like this thing fucking itself. This thing being itself. Uh, the tradition yeah. called it just knowing knowing itself. And that was exactly what it felt like. And then yeah. once you get to the stage, there's literally nowhere to go because you, you can't get any more like empty to empty. And at the same time, it's all it's completely full. Yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no space at all. There's no gap. Even the air in between objects right now in my perception and my direct experience, there's, there's absolutely no gap, right? So if there's no gap, where can you where is there more to go, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's what I call and, it. My, my big bang. Is there something that triggered that? 
Yeah, I mean, I went through a dark night like a week before that, which was just as bad as like uh, the Kundalini the dark. Night. I would say the two worst dark nights uh, that triggered the the Kundalini and the trigger the Big Bang were the worst. I, I mean, I cycled through like dozens of dark nights, or even probably hundreds, if you count yeah. the micro ones. But the two biggest dark nights were the ones that triggered the Kundalini awakening that perpetuated me to third path and the dark night before the, the Big Bang. So I guess you could say those dark nights triggered it. Um, other than that, uh, you know, after stream entry, you can kind of analyze what caused this shift and what caused this insight, but it's all happening like by itself after yeah. stream entry. That's what and, we call it stream. And, yeah, right, absolutely. And so <laughs> for, people, for people listening, um, you know, for listeners so we can give them more context, you mentioned the dark night, and I think it's important to talk about that because, sure. you know, some people be, can, can, say they have their you know an amp they have an arising and passing they're on this journey and then they they hit a dark night so they're on a spiritual high and then they come down which is inevitably going to be happen and and sometimes they feel like now they're regressing when, oh yeah really yes. right but really that's not the case so can no. you can you explain that you know i've always treated the dark night as a sign of progress ever since the beginning because my friend one of my friend i think Thanks to one of my friends who was kind of been through a lot of dark nights. He the advice that he gave me, he was like a little he back then he was like you know deeper into the path than I am. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he's the one that got, got me into the first retreat. He said every time you experience a dark night, just look at it as like an upgrade in consciousness. And I was like, okay, I guess it's more like you know, my my own analogy is you know, when you like lift weights, right? You, your muscles have to get sore for it to grow. You have to yeah. apply pressure. You have to you, if you squat 500 pounds, it's gonna be painful, right? But then once you got over the hump muscles grow simple as that yeah right and and for and for people that are that happen to be dragon ball z fans listening we can say that the dark knight is kind of like the hyperbolic time chamber or i've never or seen go, dragon ball but go ahead what? oh no <laughs> do people no, keep or, telling me to watch dragon ball because i started dude, to get into podcasts lately They're like you have to read dragon ball i was like okay well no it's, it's so cool man um and the uh goku's gravity training room but you know it's like it's Goku's, uh, you know, if you look at it metaphorically, you can say Goku's Super Saiyan transformations are are like forms of awakening metaphorically, because it's not like he has like you know, uh, especially in the if you watch the recent ones, there's a, a Ultra Instinct, mm. and that's literally like um, that's that's actually more like uh, directly correlated with awakening because. He no longer has to, to like um, think and coordinate his his movements. Oh, okay, perfect, great. Analogy. You know, yeah, yeah. So the ultra yes. instinct, it's um, it's it's automated, but not in a way like it's it's. Uh, you got, I mean, you got to you got to see it. Dude. Yeah, I, it's so I, awesome. I, I get it. It's it's, it's kind of like the sense of having no doership. Like after after you dissolve the center point uh after you dissolve the doer um it's like yeah it's like the zen no mind yeah it's it's like yeah it's like um it's almost like it almost feels like the, the individual character can't really think a thought anymore or make a decision or even move a muscle but every movement you make and every thought you have it's like the doing of the universe like when yeah. you run it's just like the universe running right but you're still doing stuff like i'm still talking to you but it feels yeah. like you're another analogy that i use is you kind of feel like you're a, like a puppet like, but you're like this air puppet made out of like nothing. 
but then you're you're connected to the infinite, but there's no strings. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels like. Yeah. That, that, that would make it a, an epic meme for people listening. Um, yeah, Very so with no strings attached. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So, so now, um, just what is what is your daily practice like nowadays? Nowadays, I just do the do nothing meditation. Uh, I don't really have a kind of an official practice nowadays. I just I, I still sit every morning as part of my routine, just like I go to the gym. But after like my morning sits, like if I feel like it, I'll just do another sit. If I sometimes like, after I edit some videos, you know, I just want to you know chill out by um, you know read a book for a while whatever if i want to chill out just sit and then the meditation it's it's in a sense it's hard it's it's the, the, the distinction between meditation and not meditation is doesn't exist for me right now so i mean oh yeah you, the, you i mean yeah you can get more relaxed when you're just sitting still but everyone gets more relaxed when they're sitting still as a body mind right but the but there's no more like insights in terms of meditation there's no more uh, there's no more outer states yeah yeah there's no more outer states for me when I when I do my meditation and I just do the I don't apply uh, much techniques I just kind of sit there and then that's it so, so I do a lot of I do some breathing stuff now though like you know like Wim Wolf breathing because like before everyone's oh, like yeah you try Wim Wolf I was like I'm not into that stuff now I'm into Vipassana bro that's more pragmatic and hardcore but then after awakening I feel like the, the Wim Wolf stuff first of all it feels good <laughs> and second of yeah. all I feel like it kind of cleans like your the, the rest of like you know the, your conditionings you're still going to yeah. have something like I think it takes like seven to 10 years for you to completely clean out all your conditionings. Um, but that's not really my goal. Like my goal, I don't wake up in the morning, but like, okay, today I'm going to clean like more conditioning because like even the term conditioning is just like, what the fuck is that? I don't know. But it's just like, you know, all, everything that I do right now, it just, if I, if it feels right, I do it. So it just kind of feels yeah. right. I do some breathing practices. So that kind of like, I like it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So <laughs> can you just explain to people what Wim Hof is? Wim Hof is, I don't know the technical, like, you know, details of the thing. I, I know the technique, but I don't know that, I guess, you, if you want me to explain it scientifically, I can't. But I can tell no, you something yeah. interesting. Yeah. When, when you're breathing, you kind of have to hold your breath for a while, right? You kind of, you breathe out, you breathe in you, all the way. And then you, you let it go for like, I don't know, 30 rounds. And then you hold your breath. What I find really interesting is that, is that portion of just holding your breath. Because um, we talked about cessations earlier, right? After I do the breathing thing, and I it just if I just sit down and relax for a bit without even trying to meditate, I can enter a session as long as like 10 minutes. I was just like completely just went unconscious. And I know I didn't fall asleep. Yeah. It was just like a, a really long session for like 10 minutes. I was like, what the fuck is that? I never my session, I had sessions. I like I, I could do it like, you know, like very quickly, like in terms of like you know, going through the genres or whatever and going through the different doors of the three characteristics, the three characteristics. But I before I never really experienced a session where it's like as long as like minutes, right? Yeah. And what I realized was like Wim Wolf. What happens when you hold your breath is that you kind of restrict the oxygen in going into your brain. So that sort of mimics a near death experience. What happens if you just don't breathe at all? You die, right? So what's the next yeah. kind of thing? You kind of hold your breath and kind of mimic that um, that that event horizon between consciousness and unconsciousness. Right. And that fine line between consciousness and unconsciousness is really like the the nuts and bulb of meditation that you talk yeah. about going, you know, from like super consciousness to like unconsciousness, stuff like that. Right. So a breathing is really good at inducing that experience of having no oxygen in your brain. So you kind of induce this 
near-death experience like scenario. And DMT also, I heard, uh, sort of like, I guess, produce that kind of chemical in your brain where you, you kind of, your brain is flooded with some stuff that sort of mimic that kind of um, having just like, I guess maybe it restricts us. I don't know. I don't know the, the scientific details. I think, well, I think but, people say like, actually, like if you're in a near death that you're, uh, I think it's a speculation or a theory that your body actually pro- releases a massive dose of DMT into your body, like actual DMT from your body, because your body right. naturally produces it. Right. Um, yes, yes. So yes. I think some people have speculated during those experiences, your body just releases a massive dose of DMT through your body. Right. So it, like, know? regardless of what happens to the body mind, the, 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 the fact that um, breathing, the oxygen deprivation, or like, you know, uh, meditation, a cessation, or near-death experience, all of them, you know, induces a very similar, similar uh, biological, physiological response to the body mind that allows you to experience the source. And what is the ultimate source that we're all going to go back to and where we came from? Unconsciousness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and for people listening, uh, you know, Wim Hof is uh, super interesting. And um, his, his technique, you can consider it a pranayama. Uh, he does, you know, he teaches a breathing technique. But um, he's been able to demonstrate in, in a lab and in science actual physiological benefits um, in, in immunity and, and all, all types of other stuff. Uh, so definitely, uh, if you're interested, I would, I would definitely Google or YouTube Wim Hof. There's some great stuff there. Um, and, and it's pretty, I mean, it's, pr- it's pretty straightforward, the practices. You can do the yeah, breathing practices. Yeah, it, uh, over the awesome. last few years, yeah. And it's really cool. I've tried it out, and it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. It's really, you know, it makes a difference. And again, it's a, it's a pranayama. I don't know. He, he said he learned it kind of naturally due to the, to the cold training. Mm-hmm. His body, his, that's how his body responded to the extreme cold, and he learned it after that. But um, what he, the, the – stuff he's actually doing is very similar to the um the tibetan uh training the tumo training oh okay uh, i've heard of it but yeah they, they call it the inner fire so it's in okay. in the in the tibetan um i don't know exactly which tibetan training system it is or what tibetan meditation system it is um but th- there's a book on it called the inner fire and it, um it explains several techniques but the inner fire is the first and uh, there's actually a really cool uh, like documentary from Discovery Channel, uh, and this is what you know decades before Wim Hof um, made it popular. But uh, in this in this Discovery Channel uh, documentary, they show these Tibetan monks, and they're in like a really cold room, and they take these wet cold towels, and for part of their training, this tumo technique, which you do the intense breathing, and you can actually you know, raise the temperature of your body, which is supposed to be a sympathetic nervous system thing, which you're allegedly, you're not supposed to be able to do that because your Mm. sympathetic service system works through your nerve, uh, your nervous system and your unconscious mind. But these people are doing it consciously through intention and during, during this technique. And they were, and you see them put these, they wrap themselves with these cold towels, these cold, freezing cold towels, and you see the steam just rising off them. Oh yeah, they, I've heard of that. 
and they dry the towel mm. with their oh, body yeah. heat. And so the, what they do for their training to get really efficient at it is they, ha- they sit in there for, I don't know, like an hour or, or two hours or three hours, and they have to see who can dry the most towels oh, using their body heat. Um, so it's, again, it's really fascinating, but even though it's like, oh, wow, there's this cool physiological effect, they, you know, they use it as a, a beginning stage on the path of awakening enlightenment. It's just one of the, one of their several trainings. Yeah, um, it's almost like it's just about cleansing your conditioning. It's like when you do the breathing, you're doing anything, you're breathing through the spine, you're releasing the energy, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, it's just, um, it's just the same thing as the body scanning. You're kind of, you're peeling the layers of the conditioning of so the separate self just through different, through breathing, right? You bring yeah. it, you bring up the stuff, you breathe it out, you bring up the stuff, breathe it out. And you're kind of t- tampering around with this threshold between consciousness and unconsciousness. You said that they were doing stuff that most people are, are unconscious when that process is going on, but they are conscious during that process of unconsciousness. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's really interesting because another way that I describe the natural state is the merging of unconsciousness and consciousness. Because it, yeah. it feels like the character doesn't have any consciousness because it's externalized its own mind and consciousness to the universe. So it's a combination emerging of super sane consciousness or like, oh, God, my God consciousness and cessation, a permanent cessation where there's no consciousness at all. And if you think about it, consciousness and unconsciousness, they have to codependent rise to each other, right? So you can't yeah. really experience super consciousness without experiencing no consciousness. That's why cessation is such an, for me, an important tool on the path. Um, you know how people talk about, a lot of people talk about, oh, um, you can access like God consciousness without a cessation. You can just, you know, be mindful of awareness and keep practicing exhaustion, do nothing meditation. But I feel like it's really difficult to lock, to lock God consciousness or the, the infinity like path, the, the infinity phase of it without going to the nothingness also, right? The two sides of the same coin, right? Expanding all the way to infinite space is the same as contracting all the way to nothingness. Now, um, for, for people listening, um... If, you know, what would you have for like advice for them on their, on their path or journey? So say they're, they're just getting into meditation or they've meditated a few times before and they're, they're interested in awakening, right? What, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, I would say um, consistency and also don't make like awakening or a stage of inside your goal too much. I guess like the way I did that, I got to stream entry without even knowing much about stream entry or awakening i mean i did read like i did watch like videos on like non-duality and stuff like that but like back then my mindset was always okay I'm, i do this meditation thing I, I was practicing like a couple hours a day already um but i was doing it mostly for the character i wanted to be like you know more creative smarter uh, better health mentally and physically uh be a better pickup artist whatever you want to call it that was just one of just one of the things that i did to supplement me trying to be a better character Right. But then yeah. uh, this whole like awakening thing was always kind of like in the back of my mind. I knew about it. I read about it, but it wasn't really my goal. And I was I think one of the advantages to that is like I was always happy where I was in terms of like my meditation journey and practice because I could see I could see progress. I'm like, you know, I'm fine right here. You know, I'm, I'm good. You know, um, so I was never looking forward. I, awakening was never really my goal. So that's why when I started talking about cessations a lot, or even just like the you know, people in the uh, I guess pragmatic uh, Dharma community, when when this whole meditation path um, is more is is viewed as more like a like a goal oriented approach, a lot of people don't like that. Uh, I'm neutral about it, but I talk about it. But 
I do get a lot of emails, people like really frustrated on not hitting like certain insights, certain levels, especially if they hear me talk about the cessation, whatever John asked, that they really want to experience this. Um, so my advice is just to kind of fuck all that. But I mean, I mean, you can read about it, but just be happy where you are right now on your journey. Because like really the whole practice is about staying in the present moment. Like those things will happen if you just stay in the present moment. <laughs> because this thing is is just the present moment as it is, right? So that's yeah. that that's if if you just kind of just focus your your practice on just be satisfied, quote unquote, satisfied with what it is you're experiencing right now, every moment. Uh, the 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 experiences and the insights will come. If it doesn't, fuck it. You know, someone asked idea, Shanti. Oh, I don't have all those crazy experiences that people talk about on the on the path. Am I missing out? Am I not making progress? And idea, Shanti was like, No, you just you just have less things to let go of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, again, all the experiences are just things you have to let go. Of. Do you, do you think now, people get stuck too? People can get stuck in experiences, but like jhana junkies or like DMT junkies. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, they get caught up on the ride too much, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you go, if you're chasing those experiences, actually, oh man, I I posted a uh, I made like a little graphic of a um, a Jack Cornfield uh, quote, and it was from his book A Path with Heart. Mm-hmm. And the quote was something like, um, you know, I, this is a this is a very harsh paraphrase. So, <laughs> it's a, but this is ultimately what he was saying is like, you, you know, you can have these fantastic experiences of body mind, um, but those experiences in themselves do not produce wisdom. No, no. Yeah, and that gets into more of what you were saying about locking it in. You know, you can have right. the experience, but you know, to lock it in, you know, yeah, actually, that's a good, that's a great question. How would you, what kind of advice would you give to people who've had like a great experience, but they want to integrate that they want to lock that into their baseline? Um, simple answer is just more practice. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like, you know, my analogy with glimpses, either on psychedelics or meditation is like kind of like, you put on a VR goggle and you experience, let's say like Ronnie Calmer Arno. Right for like a day or a few hours, right? And then when yeah. you take off the goggle, you go back to being your scrawny self. What do you do? You go to the gym and lift more weights. Yeah. <laughs> now that you have the experience of be what it's like, you kind of prime your mind and some some areas at the subconscious level, what it's like to be Ronnie Coleman, like physically and visually. Now you can use that as sort of like a, a I guess a guide or inspiration or maybe even a reference point to your training, but you still gotta lift the weights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, now that, you know, with, I guess you can say your, your, I don't want to put you on the spot, but with your attainments, right. Um, what do you, do you see yourself doing like a retreat in the future ever? No. I mean, right now, when you ask me that, my direct, my answer now is no, just because I don't feel like doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't really. Yeah. But the thing is like, I, I started to like coach meditation ever since my awakening um, just because it feels right. I mean, before my awakening, I remember people, I've been talking about this stuff, like mental stuff, like, you know, psychology, philosophy, and meditation for like years before my awakening. And people have always asked me to coach them. Like I do like fitness coaching, but then people, some, some people are, kind of, are, are following me for like the, like the mindfuck stuff. Back then I call it the mindfuck stuff yeah. <laughs> because it was more like, you know, just me expressing creativity uh, with a little bit of like meditation, but it wasn't real insight because I didn't have any. <laughs> Yeah. Right, <laughs> but he was more like me trying to figure this out and trying to sound smart and trying to like philosophize about you know, different stuff. 
Uh, so people have been asking me to uh, like coach them mentally for a while, but then I always said, no, I just didn't, just didn't feel right. But after awakening, I remember the first week after awakening, somebody asked me that again. I was like, Frank, man, I'm ready. Let's, uh, can you teach me how to meditate? And I was like, okay, let's do it right now. So I just hop on the call with him, Skype call. And then um, we did an hour, an hour and a half session. I gave him a guided meditation and just did some Q&A. And ever since then, I think that was like a year, almost a year and a half ago, I've been doing that this whole year. Just, you know, I, I don't, I don't take on all, everybody, but then, uh, I just, again, it depends on what feels right. So in terms of retreat, I have no idea. Right now, I say no, just because it doesn't feel right right now at this moment. But it's, I'm not closed on to the, the, the um, um, yeah, yeah. If sure. there's the opportunity, uh, I'll do it, right? So, yeah. So, and so, again, for people that are on the spiritual path, um, what kind of uh, resources would you recommend them? Um, you um, know, any, anything from like, listen, just shut up, go in a quiet place and meditate or, or actual books or, or videos or anything. It could be any of those, you know? Um, I have a book recommendation list on my, on my website. Um, those are the books that really helped me out. Um, most of those books are more pragmatic. They're more like instructional manuals because I find that like, too many people on the path, like we said earlier, are mentally masturbating to like theories and reading about like non-duality instead of actually experiencing it. Um, I would say like, you know, the practice is like, should be like 85% of your, of your work. Um, and that includes daily practice and retreat. I think it's really important to go to like, at least one or two retreats just because you make more gains in like one retreat than you do like the entire like year of practicing like an hour a day in my case yeah. anyway um so i say retreat like practice is really important um honestly now that i i'm coming to the conclusion right now that you don't even need to know anything about spirituality to be honest that's why i, I it's almost like you do you really need to know about how your muscles work and read about other bodybuilders or the science behind bodybuilding to make uh, to make the muscles to gain muscles no, not, yeah. yeah i didn't i didn't know anything about that when i when i was making gains even like violin i played the violin since i was like five like i took a few theory classes but like i never paid attention to all my theory classes i knew nothing about music theory yet i became pretty good just by practicing so i would say that the pitfall of like a lot of people's like gains on the spiritual path uh nine out of the ten cases is that they're reading too much they're thinking too much about spirituality and meditation instead of just doing a practice they're not treating it like a physical exercise they're not treating it like a like a what i call a physical transformation right yeah yeah so yeah it's, they, you need to actual actually apply right um and that you know that was a great uh, bruce lee quote um you know learning is not enough you you must apply you know yeah simple he put it very simply but th that's it yeah and, and even like the shifts right even like a condolini awakening or like the, the different shifts in your on the path where you experience like, like a permanent locking of a different realization that to me is also a very quote-unquote physical transformation it's almost like you know you know how a butterfly is transformed from a caterpillar like physically literally right right so that's almost like the same process of awakening Instead of like, I, I've told a few people that this is like kind of my, my new thing where I just tell people, hey man, this whole thing, it's a physical process. And they've they gotten glimpses just by like shifting kind of their perspective on like how to approach this thing. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, I think, yeah, there, there's people that are doing neuroscience, they're doing the MRIs that or fMRIs and right. EEGs and they're doing scans 
And, you know, uh, I know, yeah, Dan Ingram is, is working on that. I think Shinzen Young and other neuroscientists, a bunch of them, and they're trying to actually um, the physiology. record the data of mm. like, hey, can we actually um, track neurologically or, um, right. you know, biologically or physiologically in any mm. way um, these awakened states? And I think that's fascinating. I love to see um, the science uh, brought to the subject. I mean, I, you know, it just kind of gives it more credibility and that too. And, you know, gives people the kind of like, oh, there's, there's something there, right? There's right, a there, right. there. Right. And um, also like the, what I realized is in, in the spiritual community, a lot of people like, they're sort of like what Daniel Ingram called the mushroom culture. They're kind of like in the dark about not just their own practice, but their own attainments and their own abilities and other people's abilities because it's all like just like you know he says she says right um but if you can really pin down the physiological or neurological changes in your you know experiential structure uh, like you know different jhanas and different attainments that makes it a lot more not just accessible but less bullshit it's almost like you know yeah, in bodybuilding sure. you know you don't just you don't talk about you don't sit around and talk about your physique or your training philosophy you, you take it straight and you flex your muscles where you lift the weights. Okay, I can lift 500 pounds. I lift 500 pounds. You don't just be like, you know, oh, uh, talking about lifting 500 pounds by sitting at home with a VR goggle. Because that's yeah. right. Right now, it's sort of like the, the spiritual community is kind of like that right now. That's also because we're still in a very element, even though this thing has been around for like since the beginning of time, we're just starting to like discover the, you know, physiological, neurological like changes that correlates with those different states. So it's very interesting to see how, People talk about like oh mass awakening. This could be like one of the most important tools for mass awakening is to cut down the bullshit and just make it like like fitness, make it like you know anything that you could quote unquote study. Even though like you know again like on the on the ultimate level, this this whole part this thing transcends like materialism or spirituality. You know, I, I'm yeah. not like oh, oh I'm a materialist. You know, this is all about the brain. No, I don't even think like that. But just like on the relative level, I think we yeah. benefit people a lot more if they kind of approach it from that angle that slice of the dream so to speak yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah and you know for some people that's what they need you know uh, yeah exactly this. and uh, you know that's fine um so um you know it was it was great having you on frank i really appreciate you uh coming on here and spending your time with me um and Thank we, you. i definitely yeah no i definitely want to have you on again um oh whatever you want bro yeah, well, you know, we'll I love talk, talking uh, to you. I, it was good. Uh, you're 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 a cool guy, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And yeah, we'll um uh, either on some panels or, or another interview, maybe around two. Who knows? I mean, there's so much we can do. Um, but for uh parting advice, right? For people listening to this, um, most likely they're going to be uh you know interested in in meditation and awakening or anything like that. So, uh. What would be your, your parting advice to them? Uh, my parting advice, uh, just, um, dude, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just fucking do it, bro. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> got to do it. Just fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm going to end the recording here. So, but uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. I'll speak to you soon.